This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, an air ambulance pilot uses an unusual and improvised landing technique to compensate for an inoperative nose gear. Find out what happens in The No-Nose Landing by James Wells. In 1980, I was a chief pilot for an air ambulance service based at Avi Saskia Airport in Parker, Arizona, which is owned by the Colorado River Indian Tribes. We did air ambulance transport for most of the hospitals in western Arizona, transporting patients to Los Angeles, Phoenix, and Las Vegas. We also transported patients who lived on reservations at Yuma, Needles, and Peach Springs, as well as the Havasupai tribe who lived in the Grand Canyon. There was no road into the Supai village. In case of an emergency, the only way to get the patient out was by horse or helicopter. The helicopter was based at Grand Canyon National Park Airport, and the pilot was a Vietnam veteran. He would land in Supai Village and bring the patient to Grand Canyon Airport, and I would fly the patient to Phoenix Sky Harbor International, where a Phoenix Indian Medical Center ambulance would be waiting. Twice a week, I would carry nine Native American patients in a Cessna 402B to Phoenix for various treatments and dialysis. On one such trip, I departed Parker and arrived at Sky Harbor around 9 a.m. The medical center returned the passengers to the airport around 4 p.m. We then departed Sky Harbor for the flight back to Parker. I always filed IFR to keep in contact with Phoenix departure and then Los Angeles center. When we approached Parker, I put the landing gear down. I noticed the nose gear light was not on, indicating that the nose gear may not be down. I called flight service and asked them to contact my mechanic and have him come to the airport and watch us as we flew by. He came with binoculars and told me the nose gear was still retracted. 
As I circled the airport, many things went through my mind. I knew I could land this airplane and cause no damage to the aircraft or injuries to the passengers. I had logged more than a thousand hours in this airplane and was very familiar with its performance. I also realized that if I made one mistake, it would cost me my aviation career. Also, if one of the main gear collapsed on touchdown, the fuel tip tank could rupture and explode, killing all of us. I was getting low on fuel, so I decided to make the landing. I told the heavy person in the co-pilot seat to go to the rear of the airplane, sit on the floor, and forget the seatbelt. I told the rest of the passengers to unbuckle their seatbelts and follow my instructions exactly. I prayed to God to please let me do this and not hurt anyone. I started the long final approach at normal approach speed and turned the master switch off. On short final, I slowed the airplane to minimum speed with full flaps. Just as we touched down, I turned and in a loud voice told the passengers, go to the rear of the airplane. And then I eased back on the control and the airplane settled down on the tail skid and landed like a tail dragger. When the airplane stopped, the mechanic rushed to the aircraft and pulled the nose gear out and down in its locked position. The only damage to the Cessna was a broken rear strobe light. As the passengers departed the airplane, I asked them one by one if they had any injury. They all said no. The last woman to get out of the Cessna was a member of the tribal council. She thanked God we were all okay and said, thank God you were our pilot. I later found out that a mechanic had installed an inverter in the nose compartment and had disconnected the rods to the nose gear doors, but had not reconnected the rods. When the gear was retracted, the rods caught on the side of the compartment and broke the nose gear retracting assembly. Looking back on this episode, I wouldn't have done anything different unless I had been flying an airplane that could not easily be overloaded to the rear of the aircraft. This landing would not have worked on many of the twin-engine aircraft in service. The FAA inspector came to the airport the next day to make a report. He told me he could not find any information that a landing of this type had ever been made before. I told him it should go down as a never-again landing. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out FlyQ, AOPA's integrated flight planning software, as well as the many free online training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.